Hey, it's Josh Williams here, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 78 for Wednesday, November 7th, 2018. How you doing, onesies? You guys having a good time right now? Enjoying life? Still not quite snowing here in Ottawa, where I'm broadcasting from. Is that what it is, broadcast? I think it's a minor recording that gets uploaded to the internet. Who knows what a real podcast is, right? Nobody does. I don't care what information you submit. I will not look at it because it's just unknown. It's like arguing religion, okay? Nobody knows where podcasts come from. All we know is that they give us lessons to live our lives by every single day. Welcome to mine. Uh, <laughs> I'm still, <coughs> excuse me, getting over the effects of being sick. I will be coughing, hopefully off mic through some of this episode, but I'll be honest with you, since I have been recovering and taking it easy and whatnot, I don't have a whole hell of a lot to report to you guys this week. I had uh, a whole lot of dog fucking going on this week. And for any of my listeners internationally, I realize that dog fucking is kind of a Canadian term. I realized that in Los Angeles when I got some weird looks talking about what I do with my time occasionally. Um, I, uh, I feel like is, is some people call it fucking off, which sounds weird. Just means fucking around, right? Uh, dog fucking is like doing nothing, you know, as a matter of fact, I, um, you would say, you know, a lazy person is a dog fucker, which fundamentally you would think is, is odd because dogs are going to be uh, a lot of difficulty to fuck. I mean, a lot of people, there's those, those American pie, you know, college stereotypes that you fuck tube socks or couch cushions, neither of which I've done. Um, didn't exactly seem like the, uh, the surface that I would want my, my penis in, you know what I mean? Like old couch cushions, the friction. It's like, yeah, why don't you just wrap a piece of sandpaper around it and go at it? You know what I mean? Again, some of these, some of these stereotypes don't quite make sense to me, but a lot of things don't make sense to me. And that's why I'm in the comedy world and not in an office building. Um, wow. Am I ever able to just grab a concept run in all sorts of different directions with it? Like if you ever watch those old sports, please get here. I go again. If you ever watch those old sports bloopers, where some dude will get the ball and he gets spun around somehow and he keeps running the wrong fucking direction. You're like, where the fuck is he going? That's me. That's me when I talk. I open my mouth and all sorts of weird shit falls out of it. I don't even know what my original point was. <laughs> oh, right. Dog fucking. So yeah, doing nothing. Dog fucking. However, you would think that would be difficult, right? Wouldn't you? Having sex with a dog? They're not, probably not into it. A dog never comes up. I've never seen an episode of Lassie where Lassie's like, what's that Lassie? You want me to stick it in your butt? Never happened. Never happened. I mean, Odds are they didn't really understand what the dog was saying. Anyways, now, if someone did catch someone having sex with Lassie, there is a mild chance they could be like, well, Lassie told me to do it. It was the only way I could save Timmy. You know, then they might be like, well, you have been the only one who's been able to understand it. And while I doubt you immediately on your claims, the simple fact that you've been able to thwart other mysteries and, and accidents and, and bad times just by your ability to understand that dog, we're going to assume that maybe it's necessary this time. Although we can't think of a circumstance that would require you to fuck the dog, but all it means is doing nothing. And I, I had a joke very early on in my, my comedy career where I was talking about how lazy I am. I said, you know, people say fucking the dog. I go, I'm so lazy. I let the dog fuck me. <laughs> oh, incest, beast, incest. No bestiality. That's disgusting. Perversion, bestiality. All right. Well, that's a weird way to start the week, but here we are guys. Episode 78 of the one man podcast. Um, I, I was homesick a lot more of the week. I'm still clearing my system out. I'm still getting little headaches and things like that. So I don't know if the, the cold is trying to come back or what, uh, some of the other people in the house are getting sick as well. You know, it is what it is. I think a lot of people around me are sick, but I'm on the mend, but I just don't have a whole lot to report. I will say this. I spent a lot of my time sick watching, uh, making a murderer season two, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, um, in terms of just the end result, cause I finished it this week. So I know I hadn't had it finished, but, um, giant pain in the ass, you know, it's just basically if it, it feels the same at the end of the second season as it does at the end of the first season, you know, you're like, what the fuck, how is this possible? So, you know, I, I, I would imagine a lot of you guys, if you're watching it, you know, that you're able to go, well, I'll put it this way. This is the part I'm not sure if I mentioned last week is that, Watching Making a Murderer 2, I remember after the first one, you know, like a year or so later, 
I saw all over social media that Brendan Dassey, the young man who had been, you know, coerced into a confession of guilt. Um, I saw on social media and in news outlets that like Brendan Dassey is, is being released, you know, um, his, this conviction was overturned. He's being released. And I was like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. That's amazing. And then nothing after that. No, no follow-ups. No, Hey, here's a video of him being released. Just, Oh, it's gonna be released. Well, you find out what happened in season two of making a murderer and, uh, amongst other things as well. It's a great, it's a great documentary. I mean, it's a great, it's, it's basically, you know, edge of your seat spellbinding the entire time. But when it gets to its conclusion, you're kind of like, ah, fuck. So there you go. That's the closest thing to a spoiler you'll get from me in the podcast is you're just as well off going in as coming out. So sorry. Oh, my system sucks right now. So I did that. Um, I played some video games because again, you just lay in bed sick. There's, there's only so much fucking TV and stuff you can watch. So playing some grand theft auto, both online and single player, nothing really to report on that. Um, I did on Thursday, Thursday night, I went with my buddy, Jeff McKay, great comic. Jeff and I have worked together several times. I've also got a bonus episode, uh, on this podcast with him. So if you haven't heard it, take a minute and listen to that a minute. Now nah, take several and listen to my podcast with Jeff McKay. He's a good friend of mine. He's a great comic. He's a super smart guy. He's got, he's got a million things going on. And I'm telling you this right now. Um, He's working on some stuff right now, uh, projects. He's already met with some very big companies. He's got prototypes and stuff available. Um, he may revolutionize, um, how we shop. Um, and I won't say anything more than that. All I know is Jeff's working very, very hard on that. I'm super proud of him. The guy, the guy has got a good head on his shoulders. He wants to, you know, he wants to make a, a an impact, um, environmentally. So, which is, you know, like a lot of young people now is trying to build businesses that are, you know, self-sustaining and don't, uh, don't worsen the environment. Um, but yeah, uh, um, so you could follow Jeff, uh, at the aggressive good. Again, I guess I'm just plugging this now in case you want to know a little bit more, uh, the, you know, aggressive good is his, uh, Twitter and, uh, and Instagram handles. And you can get a little peek in at sort of one of the, some of the stuff that he's doing there, but I digress. This was just a night for me and Jeff to go, uh, fuck off, fuck the dog, whatever it is. Um, screw around. We went to go see Bohemian Rhapsody, which is the Freddie Mercury story. Again, um, spoiler alert, Freddie Mercury dies of AIDS. Um, <laughs> sorry. Anyone who knows anyone who'd be excited to see that movie would already know that, that Freddie Mercury, um, contracted the AIDS virus and, uh, and it was ultimately his demise, unfortunately. But, uh, it's, it's a really good movie. Um, there's no real spoilers. Like it's a biopic. So if you, you know, you can, if you're a fan of queen, you already know a lot about them, but this one gives you sort of a bit more behind the scenes look at, um, some of the risks they took musically, uh, some of the things that they did to stand out from other groups, some of the highs and lows that they hit. Um, I will say this in terms of biopics, it had a bit of a different feel than some other ones that I I've seen. And I, and to me, it wasn't actually, it wasn't a, you know, unique and different in a good way. Um, a lot of these biopics, you see, you know, the bands in the beginning sort of struggle and, and the things they have to do until they get that big break. Um, in the queen movie, and again, this is like two minutes in, you're going to see it, you know, and, and it's kind of like, there was almost seemingly no difficulty for them whatsoever in, in, uh, you know, making it, you know, you're, you're very early into the movie and already they're going on like tours. So you're kind of like, oh, like, so they got lucky right from the get-go They still, still feel, I mean, still insanely talented, but that, that element that you see in movies where it's kind of like, oh, they're really, they're really struggling, you know, like they're really working hard and, and, you know, like basically the whole thing about wanting to be an actor or a comic or, or a musician and all that whole, like, well, you know, it's like a one in a million chance you're going to make it. Um, this movie makes it look like all you have to do is have a band and rent a recording studio once and you're going to get discovered and go on a world tour. So, um, it, it was almost, I've bitched about funny people before about how like they made comedy look like it's the easiest thing in the world. Initially, that's what Bohemian Rhapsody does for like bands. It basically looks like all you have to do is, is record, you know, record in a studio and you're going to get discovered. Hey, we, we sent your tape over to so-and-so and he wants to sign you and put you on a world tour. Like it was, it was really like, oh, okay. So you're already a successful band with minimal effort. So that was the one thing about the movie I didn't, I didn't like was just that like the beforehand stuff seemed to be very like really glossed over 
And then it was, you know, still very good, still very interesting, still very sad to, to see the ups and downs and things of the band. But, um, and overall I had a good time, but, but the amount of anticipation that I had for this movie and how much more I want to know about Freddie Mercury, I found, I found that they just sort of highlighted the stuff that we already know and didn't care so much about, you know, maybe telling us more of the story that we, that we didn't. So, so anyways, that, that was it. Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, sadly, I will say it's one you can wait for. Um, it is not a, it's not a rush out and go see it. It is certainly one you can wait for, but a good movie. Nonetheless, um, come Friday, I had contracted something called, uh, angular colitis. I, uh, I definitely Google pronounced that, um, angular colitis. So basically it's, it, it's not a cold sore. It's like, um, it's almost like a cut in the side of your mouth, right? Where your, where your lips, top lips and bottom lips connect in the corners there. Uh, it's like a cut and it sort of starts to, to swell out the side of your, your mouth towards your cheek. Um, wasn't huge. I've got pictures of it. If anyone really wants to see what it looked like, uh, I could post them. I'm, uh, I'm on the men now, but it was like, at first it was just sort of cracked and I thought maybe I was dry and the illness or whatever, but like most things that are around wet spots, basically just turns out that like, I think I drooled in the middle of the night and there was so much bacteria from my illness uh, just sitting in the corner of my mouth that, uh, that it dried it the fuck out and then it got infected. Gross. But, um, but that was the case. So I'd had that, I think since like Tuesday or Wednesday. And after a few days of like, I was trying to like, I guess, moisturize it, which was the wrong thing to do. I was supposed to be trying to dry it out. Um, but I figured it was, it was rough because of the dryness, right? Like you get a cold sore and you're supposed to put shit on it. Well, and it's right in the corner of your mouth. So you can't help but get whatever you stick in that area back in your mouth, whatever I, I put, um, after going to the doctor on Friday, um, he had just suggested, you know, he gave me a prescription, but he said the prescription was expensive and I'm a comic. I have no coverage. So he was like, well, you can try uh polysporin and, um, and hydrocortisone cream, both of which I have uh, at home. So I did that little Q-tip. I do one and then washed out, put the other one on. Yeah. So angular chylitis, uh, split in the side of your fucking mouth, my money maker right in the side of my mouth. So it's, it's pretty much all healed now. Uh, the, the split that was there, it was horrible. I, could, I couldn't open my mouth without there being like a pain in the side. It's like a, it's like a paper cut in the, in the side of my mouth. Anyways. So I went to the doctor for that. But, um, prior to that, I'd been Ubering. I had Ubered last week. Um, I think I didn't on Wednesday and Thursday morning cause I just woke up and I was so sick still that I wasn't able to uh, fulfill my Ubery duties. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I had one passenger and, um, passenger got into my car very quick. She had a bunch of bags with her. She was trying to go to a shoppers or whatever, because I guess she was working at both locations. She I picked her up at a shoppers dog mart and was dropping her off at another one. So, um, this does happen, you know, a couple times a week where somebody gets out of my car in a hurry and they, you know, throw their belt off and slam the door and they've dropped the belt into the sort of the door. Well, and so the, the door will slam on the belt. Not great because eventually it's going to break the fucking belt or break something on the door, but it does happen. But you hear this big clunk sound instead of the door latch catching. So she had a bunch of bags. She gets to her location, gets out of the car, drags. All I hear is the bag scraping across the door and then the clunk sound of her hitting the belt. So I turn the corner, uh, pull over safely because where I dropped her off was a busy intersection. And, uh, and when I can pull over, I, uh, I run around to the car, open the door to, to get the belt out. And all I see is these horrendous scratches is an understatement. These are gouges in the door, like torn plastic scratched all along the, the door. Let's say like, like a slightly less aggressive version of Wolverine slashing my door. So there was about four, three to four, what, three to four, three to five slashes on the door. I've got, again, I've got pictures and I posted it on my story this week on Instagram and Facebook, but these are like noticeable gouges in the door. Right. So I'm like, what the fuck? And I, I don't know who did it. I heard her bag scraping, but I can't say for sure. Her, she's the one who did it because I'm also never in the backseat of my car. And I don't mean that like, Oh, I have people in all the time, but I'm never, I don't, I don't know the backseat. It's like those fucking idiots. who'll tell you, wow, Josh, you're getting angry, getting angry. Oh, namaste. Anyways. Um, you know, those people who like, you ask them for their phone number. I go, Oh, I, I don't know. I never call myself when I worked in cellular. That was like the fucking I call them government jokes, jokes that are so stupid and they're not funny, but people say them and then they laugh at them like they're funny. You know, 
that hard working hard or hardly working. <laughs> they laugh at it when they say it like they wrote it. It's not funny to begin with. And even if you had wrote it, go kill yourself. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, yeah. So when I worked in telecom, I used to say, okay, and uh, your phone number for the account, please. And they're like, oh, geez. Um, I never call myself. I always wanted to say, I guess you're such a loser. No one ever asks you for it either. Right. Why would anyone want to stay in touch with you? You don't call yourself. You need to know your number so you can give it up. You fucking idiot. Anyways, Brr. frustrating. I'm angry because of the door and it's bleeding out into other facets. That's all I'm saying. But if you ever want to, anyone ever asks you for your phone number and you brain fart and you can't think of it at the moment, don't, don't make that joke. I, n- I never call myself. <laughs> that also means that nobody ever asks you for it. Okay. It means you're a fucking loser and nobody wants your number. They don't want to talk to you because if they do, you'll probably make stupid jokes like that. All right. You feel that deep inside. All right. As you recognize the fact that you've made that joke yourself, it's come out of your face and you did the stupid laugh afterwards. It's all right. We all make mistakes. Just get it out of you. Don't ever do it again. All right. Cause I'm coming for you. Uh, anyways, um, <laughs> it's easy. We just stare at the mic right in front of my face and go let these words drill home. Um, anyways, so yeah, big scratches. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? But I went to the doctor. I had a, I had a big, uh, slash tiny little vagina growing inside of my mouth. So I went to the doctor and I, uh, I forgot about it over the course of the weekend. Well, tried to forget about it. I'm neurotic. So things like that will bother me. Here was my biggest concern was that those kind of scratches could occur on my vehicle. Cause I got a new, I got a new car coming, right? I've told you guys about that. I'm, I'm getting a new vehicle in January and, um, I, I, there's no fucking way I will drive for Uber. If someone can scratch my vehicle like that and, and they're just not on the hook for it. You know, so, um, I spoke to my people. It's, uh, my people, you know, my PR team, no, um, my people at, uh, at Hunt Club Honda and they have informed me that it's about 360 bucks for a new panel. So it's not like I'd be totally SOL, but I'm not, I'm not going to have that happen and then be stuck on the hook for the replacement. So yesterday on Monday, I went to, um, I went to Uber and they, uh, you know, I, I, they, we, they basically helped me submit my own thing. They're like, yeah, there's nothing we can do without being able to associate it with a ride particularly. And I was like, well, I don't want to make some innocent person, you know, I don't want to put someone on the hook for something that might not have been their fault. You know, that's not who I am. But at the end of it, they're like, well, then there's, there's nothing we can do if we can't associate it. So at the end of the day, I'm like, I found out that, 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 that person won't specifically be charged. It's more of just, there's, there has to be a ride associated with it. So, um, I basically submitted something saying that, Hey, somebody, sorry, I don't know if you can hear this. I'm peeling the label off of my Fiji bottle. You drink Fiji water, Josh. That's right. That's right. Cleanest water on the planet. Trying to get over a cold here. All right. Costco started selling them. Uh, Cases of Fiji water. And it's so good. Oh yeah. Listen, you know what? It doesn't even taste like regular water. You know? I'm not saying I'm not gonna be like, no, it tastes way better. I just mean regular water has almost like this, um, minerally taste, huh? How stupid does that sound? Yeah. It's just, uh, I don't know. It just tastes like there's no range of taste at the first taste in your time. Wow. Am I really reviewing fucking Fiji water? You know what? Drink it if you want it. Don't, if you don't. All right. Don't fucking judge me. So I add Uber. All right. Back on track here. My head's still a swamp and I'm on meds. I, uh, submitted the, the, the thing, showed them the pictures of the scratches, all sorts of different angles, like they requested. And then they sent me back a thing saying, unfortunately, this is regular, you know, uh, we can, we can understand your concerns with wanting to keep your vehicle looking as nice as possible to give those riders the best experience possible. Yeah. Like that's my fucking priority. I want my car to look nice because it's my personal vehicle. I'm not trying to let animals in fuck it up for, you know, $5 rides. Um, so anyways, I, uh, I get a response and we can understand that you'd want to keep your vehicle looking nice, you know, to maintain that proper customer experience. Um, but unfortunately we've, we've reviewed your, um, reviewed your submission and, and, uh, come to the conclusion that it's regular wear and tear with having a vehicle that's used for rideshare. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like these are slashes gouges in the door. This is not regular wear and tear. Some little scuffs and scrapes. Sure. Wipe them down, buff them out, whatever shit happens. I get it. But this is not, this is someone negligently scratching the shit out of my car. I'm not, that's, it's not cosmetic by any means. 
Like when you've, when you've scratched so deep that there's like curled plastic and torn up plastic that just hasn't broken off yet. Like that's how deep it was. All right. Like anyways, um, again, pictures, if you want them, you ask, right. I'll, you ask, I'll provide. So, um, I, I just messaged them back and said, Hey, I've told you guys this story before. I know it, how, when Uber was first being regulated, they put me in contact with a bunch of media people and, um, excuse me, a bunch of media people so that I could do stories, um, advocating why Uber was a good thing and why, why it should be regulated and, and legal in Ottawa and all this stuff. Well, I still, I messaged them and said that, um, you know, I've been a great driver. I've never made a claim against anyone in four years of driving with Uber. Um, I go, people leave dirt and cat hair and all that. And I know that I'm allowed to request a cleaning fee. If people are very dirty in the car, I've never done that. Um, if it's something I can clean myself in a few minutes, I do it. I don't bother the customers. I don't bother you guys. Um, but this isn't something I can clean out. It's not, uh, it's not right. And I, I, there's no way I would drive for you guys in the future with my new vehicle, knowing that someone can come in and, and damage my vehicle and there's nothing I can do, but I should just suck it up. I go, it's cost, it's going to cost me more than $400 to repair this. And that's not my fault. Um, so I go, I'm more than happy to, you know, you guys had me reach out to, uh, media people to tell my story, um, to help you be regulated here. I go, I'm more than happy to reach out to those same people and discuss what you do when somebody damages your car, how much Uber stands behind you and, and everything like that. So, um, I said, I'm also happy to tell the story of my podcast. I'm doing it right now. Right. I go, there's lots of people who are going to hear this story. I go, I don't really think it's worth losing me as a driver and me telling the story to my media outlets, um, for you to not just for, for you not to just spend a few hundred bucks and fix it for me. You know, it's a hundred bucks a year. I make you guys a lot of money anyways. So after sending that in, um, they sent me a response saying, oh, we totally understand. Um, please, we've already begun the insurance claim process. We're sending it to our other, our other field. Um, you should hear back from that department shortly. So, um, that was yesterday. I haven't heard anything yet, but, uh, but what do you know? Oh my God. As soon as they might look bad, um, they've decided to change their tune a little bit. So, um, I'm lucky that I have some of these outlets that I'm able to, you know, flex a little when they want to, when they want to fuck me. But again, I, I, this is not me being an asshole needlessly, you know, it's not like I, I damaged the car and I'm trying to be a prick and make someone else pay for it. This is this, what's right is right. Go dumb it. Oh, excuse me. Sorry guys. All sorts of stuff. You take the more meds I take, the more like just gas I get. So burping up like Buckley's pills and gels and different, what do you call it? Cough medicines and stuff. I actually missed a sampling on, uh, on Saturday, Saturday morning. I was hoping by Saturday I would be good enough to stand around pouring alcohol samples. And unfortunately I was not. And I had to cancel. I canceled early morning. Um, it wasn't until four in the afternoon. So I gave them as much notice as I could. Um, but when I sent in my message and whatnot, I did not get a response. All I saw was the posting again. So I think they're probably pissed at me, but you know, it is what it is. I'm not going to stand around coughing into wine cups and my fever was pretty, pretty bad on that day. So I was just like, yeah, I, I, I'm not in a position to be serving things to people coughing and barking and hacking shit up. So, you know, sorry if it pisses you off, but that is what it is. So missed a sampling on Saturday. What did I do? I, just, I sat in bed and I watched movies and stuff all, you know, all day. I, uh, Sunday went and had breakfast with my mama. I haven't, uh, I haven't done my errands with her in a little while because I was in California, uh, prepping and whatnot. And then I was sick when I got back. So I, uh, I did that with her and it was great. You know, nothing special to report. All I know is I, uh, the, the week I was home, didn't have a lot of, um, food in the house because I knew I was gonna be gone for a week. So I didn't want to leave a whole lot behind in the fridge. So when I got back, I was carrying over bad habits from Los Angeles, just in the sense of, you know, a lot of going out to eat from it. So having, having, you know, eggs during the day, just like Mikey and I were doing right eggs and coffee in the morning, and then going out to eat for the rest of the day. So, um, I was basically just ordering shitty little $7 walk-in specials for a few days in a row. So I'm like, I gotta, I gotta break this up. I gotta go get some groceries and, and whatnot. I say the fridge is now filled with lots of great stuff and shy of having a and W breakfast this morning at the Apple store. Um, yeah, today's Tuesday. Yeah. Um, at the Apple store. Yeah. Uh, at Bayshore, sorry, I went to the Apple store. They sent me a, you know, 30 minute, we'll call you back. So I went to have breakfast. I was going to one place, wasn't open, unfortunately. So had a, an A&W breakfast, but shy of that, I've been eating good. 
I've been having, you know, like, uh, I got like some happy planet butter squash or butter squash, butternut squash soup. That was good stuff. I made that yesterday. I've been having my, uh, very small breakfast, a little bit of yogurt, you know, eggs in the morning, just, uh, just good shit guys. And again, I did not gain a, did not gain a ton of weight. Uh, when I was on vacation, I'm still hovering right around 290. So that's good. And I'll tell you once I can start breathing a little bit, go up and down a flight of stairs without hacking a bunch of stuff up again, my lungs are very rough right now. Um, I'm going to be going back to the gym. It's been a little while and it's been a little while and, uh, it's time to go back to the gym. So looking forward to, uh, more reports for you guys of being healthy. Again, some, a little, little kick in the pants from, from being in uh, California where everyone's pretty, everyone's walking everywhere. Plus, if you ever want to live in a place like that, it's going to cost you a lot of money. So can't be wasting money on fucking eating out all the time, right? You gotta, you gotta eat what's at home. So that's, that's good news. I'm, I'm happy. I got a, uh, got my Fiji water, right? My health water where the plants grow right in the ocean. I wonder if that, that monster garbage Island has floated its way to Fiji yet. I don't know what it's called. Someone said that there's a name for it. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? That like that huge like island of garbage that's just floating around in the ocean. It has a name. Ah, fuck it. Let's let's Google it. Let's Google it. Bring it up here. Let's get all the answers at once. Sorry, guys. Sorry about that. Things are just falling into my face. Okay. Welcome to Mac OS X Mojave. Remind me tomorrow. It's like, do you want a tour? I'm like, no. Not unless you added some real nice stuff to it. Um, okay. What is the name of the garbage island? The garbage patch is a popular name for concentrations of marine debris in the North Pacific Ocean. While Great Pacific Garbage Patch is a term often used by the media, it does not paint an accurate picture of the main debris problem in the North Pacific Ocean. Is that what it is? I don't think so. Is that really what it is? The great Pacific garbage patch? I don't think so. For some reason, I, I think it was called something else. Um, what is the great Pacific garbage patch? The garbage patch is a popular name for conservation, blah, blah, blah. I already saw that. Um, Eastern garbage patch or North Pacific subtropic high. Western garbage patch, subtropic convergence zone. So what is it? They're just saying, so basically swirls between Kiroshiro and California. That'd been interesting, eh? To have just been like on the Santa Monica pier and be like, what's that? It's like a big mass. It looks like a shark. No, it's just a big, <laughs> big whale. No, it's a big thing of garbage. Marine debris concentrates. All right. I gotta, I gotta see what else there is. Cause I really don't think that's it. I would have remembered garbage patch. It says the Great Pacific Garbage Patch now three times the size of France. So that's gross. Great Pacific Garbage Patch is bigger than most, mostly made of fishing gear. Whatever. Okay. So this is, this is what we had. So, so what is the location of the great, where is it? Okay. There we go. That was already the for me. The Great Pacific Garbage Patch, also known as the Pacific Tracks, Trash Vortex. Okay spans waters from the west coast of north america to japan the patch is actually comprised of the western garbage patch located near japan and the eastern garbage patch located between the united states of hawaii and california but that's not an answer to where is it located i guess it just keeps moving back and forth yeah there's pictures of it. it's like all ropes and twines and things like that it almost looks like like a like a barrier reef oh my god there's like laundry hampers and shit in it that's oh, just a picture of coral. Yeah, that's gross. Well, there you go, guys. The the North Pacific garbage patch. The garbage patch, kids. Um. <laughs> oh. Notifications. Oh, my mother sent me this with this new super highway, and then I cl I think I clicked on it. Did I click on it? Is it clickbait? With this new super highway, you can travel with a car from USA to Europe. What do you guys think that the fucking actual, this is, there's no chance. It's like Alaska to Russia. Basically they're saying that they're going to build a super highway. I'm pretty sure I just gave my computer a virus by clicking on this, but yeah, a road stretching. Let's, let's get this. I don't have a lot for you guys today, so may as well fucking read this. A road stretching to more than 80% of the world. Russia proposes a super highway that will take you from Europe to the United States. According to a report in the Siberian Times, Russian railway president has, pro Russian 
Railways president, they don't even say his name, uh, probably because it's not real, has proposed a plan for a massive Trans-Siberian Highway that would link his country's eastern border to the U.S. state of Alaska, crossing a narrow stretch of the Bering Sea that separates Asia and North America. Oh, there's also uh, the Diomede Islands there, so I guess a little pit stop for gas, maybe. Uh, that highway would go from London, UK to, to the New York, USA to the New York again, sounds like one of those letters, like you've won a million dollars, but the English and it's broken. That would mean that the citizens of the U S could go to Asia by car. And it would be so important, uh, only if it hadn't come straight from the head of Russian railways. And it would be so important only if it hadn't come straight from the head of the sea again, doesn't make sense. We go all the way to Russia. We'd increase already existent, existent roads and highways. Of course, the roads are going to be slightly renewed. And that's it. That's the entire fucking article. Ugh. Yeah, I probably just gave my computer a virus clicking on that. I'm going to kill you, mom. Um, <laughs> all right. So um, let's put this stupid computer away and maybe get back to the goddamn podcast. You guys can always Google your own stupid, pointless information, right? thought I was actually contributing something intelligent. I don't even know why I talked about the garbage uh, island anyways. So yeah. Oh, right. Cause of the Fiji water. See, should have just not talked about the Fiji water. All right. It's causing me nothing but trouble. So yeah, maybe that, all I know is that I hope I'm not drinking water, that garbage floating past. And it sounds like that's not the case. All right. Cause Fiji does not seem to be directly in between California and Japan, though. I immediately am concerned that it, it is cause I have no fucking idea where it is. Huh? Me and geography. We're going to fight forever. Okay. So, um, yesterday, Monday, not only did I go to Uber, um, I, uh, I had a chance to go to, I had a chance. I went to go see Halloween, the, uh, the new Michael Myers one that's supposed to take place. Like, I guess this one's not like Halloween 97 or whatever. This is the uh, Halloween. I guess it would be like, if anything, like Halloween two. So you got the original Jamie Lee Curtis one. And then this one's supposed to take place, you know, 40 years after the events unfold from that very first one. So you take all the other Halloween movies and you disregard them. They don't exist. Just the first Halloween and now this one. And I went with the lovely Crystal. That's right. I got to spend time with me old lady. What do you, I don't know. I don't know what to call her. Um, I was going to say me old lady. I don't like calling her my ex, you know? I mean, it's, we, we aren't together, but um, I just feel ex, ex just associates with the, the negative, right? Um, and we had a really good time. We had a chance to sit, you know, we went to Starbucks and we had a, we had some lattes before the movie and we got the chance to just sort of talk and see how each other's doing and everything like that. We've been slowly just reconnecting, just little conversations here and there, social media. And, uh, and we had a really, really nice time just seeing how each other's doing. It was nice to catch up, know what's going on with her life, you know, and to, for her to find out what's going on with mine. Um, and we had a really good time. It was a really, really nice, uh, evening, you know? So, uh, I, uh, I, I had an absolute blast. I'd be lying if I, if I wasn't saying that I, uh, you know, had a special sort of grin on my face today after, uh, after getting to spend some time with her. So, um, it was cool. You know, um, we've, we've been trying, you know, we, we tried a while back to see if we were able to just sort of be friends and there's definitely something there. All right. We're a reality TV show waiting to happen, you guys. But, uh, all I can say is I, I really had a good time spending time with her. I, uh, I do miss her. I still talk about her. Um, and despite the fact that I've been, you know, here and there trying to, uh, trying to date, I, uh, things just aren't the same without her, you know? So it was nice to be able to spend some time with her. Like I said, all we did was go see a movie, you know, had, uh, had some lattes, but it was, uh, it was a good night. Okay. I'm sharing that with you guys. All right. I'm not going around yelling it from the rooftops. I'm sharing it with you guys. Cause you guys are with me every week. You know, what's going on with me. And, uh, and like I said, I got, uh, I got a little bit of a bounce in my step, um, afterwards. Cause it's, um, it's nice to be able to, to reconnect with somebody that, that, you know, you care about, you know, and, and listen, as much as, as much as you guys are out there going, you know, um, they're not going, sorry, but that we've all had our own experiences. All right. And I know that you guys listen to me, but I mean, every one of us has got that special person in our life that for some reason or another, you know, we just, we're just connected with, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm comfortable with the idea that I'm always going to be connected to her because it doesn't seem to matter how many times you know, we, we are together and, and, you know, go our separate ways. Uh, neither one of us seems to be able to, to put the other one out of their mind. So it's a, it's just a nice feeling. I'm going with positive. All right. You guys have heard me. I'm working on the positive in life. I'm going with all the positive things and, um, it feels good. All right. So I feel good. And you know what, if you're not happy for me, uh, well, we'll, we'll wait and see where it goes. All right. Just keep listening to the podcast. You'll know. So, 
Um, yeah, had a great night. We went to see Halloween. Halloween, though, both of us after the movie were kind of like, eh. It was really a lot of the things that were predictable. I mean, it's it's a horror movie, but you'd think after like this many years and then get, you know rekindling the uh, original crew together, you know Jamie Lee Curtis and John Carpenter and whatever the name of the guy that plays Jason is, you'd think that uh, you'd think it had been a little bit better, but uh, it wasn't complete garbage. It just wasn't anything special. So we were kind of like eh at the end of the movie, but but that's horror movies, right? You got to watch a lot of bad ones to see uh, see some good ones. I will tell you this. Uh, during the preview section of the movie, that uh, movie, happy death day, which has the stupidest title ever. Um, but actually was quite a good movie, um, has a sequel coming out. Uh, has, it's coming out Valentine's day, just like it did a couple years ago. So i um, very excited to see, I think it's called happy death day to you. So looking forward to that. All right. That's, that's basically it. I had a, an issue with my AirPods. One of them was just disconnecting slightly here and there. So I went and I got it replaced at the Apple store today. And, uh, that's been about it. I came home, tried to sleep. I'm still, again, like I said, kind of fighting this thing, but it's, it seems like I'm on the back end of it. Um, tried to sleep and, and then here we are. So not a very eventful week, lots of sleeping, fucking around. And, um, you know, I've got, a, I've got a, a busy week coming up. So that's something exciting. Like I said, I've been eating, uh, let's, let's focus on the positives. All right. Eating better not, not eating garbage, um, getting over being sick, trying to read, you know, sound it out, sound it out. Um, <laughs> that's all. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited for, you know, hitting the ground running. I have actually been, um, carrying around a notebook with me, uh, while, whilst Ubering and, um, I'm writing a bit about, uh, cats and dogs and dating apps, um, right. Dating apps. Again, I've said, but I'm actually relating how you can tell in a dating app, what kind of person you're, you're the, the other person is just by whether or not they have a cat or a dog. Okay. And, uh, I won't, I won't let out too much cause that's still a work in progress, but basically, you know, if you, if you're the kind of person who's going to contribute more in a relationship, you're going to be a dog person and, uh, you cat fuckers might be <laughs> a little upset. Like, Hey, wait a minute. I have a cat and I'm very loving. Maybe. Or maybe you're just codependent. Hmm? Have you ever thought about that? Maybe you're looking for a relationship with an animal that uh, doesn't require a lot from you. You know, maybe you just put it a little bit of litter and a little bit of food and you know, it's, uh, it does its thing and you get a minimal amount of love from it because it's an animal that's not really, not really looking for a give and take relationship. It's looking for a take and take relationship. Hmm? That's what a cat is, right? A dog is a commitment. All right. A dog is for better or for worse. You got to get up in the snow, the rain, whatever it is. And you got to give that thing a walk because it's not a disgusting piece of garbage that shits in the house and then buries. It. All right. That dog knows, Hey, this is our home. Why would I shit in here? All right. Let's go do it outside. We're not animals. Let's go get it out of the house. Okay. A dog cares. You have to invest time and effort into a dog, like a relationship, right? You have to invest into that relationship. And guess what? A dog loves you unconditionally. A dog is very excited to see you when you come home. The dog is very, very happy because you know what? You've invested into that relationship. All right. You get more out of a dog's relationship because you have to put into it. And that's what relationships should be. You want to feel a lot of love. You got to be in a relationship that you're giving back to too. You can't just go, I want something that's going to love me, you know, but I don't really want to do much. Like, can you just love me? And I'll just sort of like be here. That's my cat, my cat. And it's anyways. So you guys are getting a little, that's a little sneak peek of what I'm doing with the, the cats and the dog joke is basically you can tell what kind of relationship you're going to get into, what kind of person they are by whether or not they have a cat or dog. And, uh, you know, if they got a dog, well, you know that they're willing to put some effort in. And if they have a cat, that's somebody who's going to expect you to do all the work in the relationship, you know, because, uh, they're not really willing to put anything out. You know, all of a sudden they're going to be, they're going to be this amazing partner for you, but they can't really just get a commitment. Like that's why people compliment their cats and go, Oh my God, my cat's like a dog. Really? It's interesting that you have to reference a better animal than what you have. You know, nobody ever says, Oh, my dog's like a cat. No, because cats are shit anyways. So sorry, cat people. If I've upset you with that, cats are garbage. Um, I'm also working on the fact that like trying, trying to equate as much of like, your cat's like the deadbeat boyfriend that just sits around all day, you know, and, and makes a mess in the house or whatever. And you just come home and the place is trashed 
And then he's like, what's for dinner? You know, you make me food. And then every now and again, when, when it shows you a little affection, like, oh my God, he loves me. He makes it all worthwhile. No. You want the dog. Dog's like, you know what? You go to work, baby. I'm going to watch the house for you. You come home. I'm taking care of this bad boy. And you come home and it's so excited to see you. Oh my God, I'm so happy. Kiss, 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 kiss. That's the loving relationship you want. Right? And cats get fed at home. Right? You can feed a cat at home. You give it what it needs at home. And it will still go out and hunt other things. You know? So what's that, what's that sound like, huh? Where it gets what it needs at home and it still goes out and it's looking for more, huh? Does that sound like a committed relationship? No, it sounds like a cheater. All right? So having said that, guys, that's, uh, I, I've been basically making notes. I'm also trying to add a few other animals in there, like people who have iguanas and stuff or like the ones with fucking pierced nipples and hang themselves from chains in the ceiling. I have that weird 50 shades of gray sex. Tie a fucking bike chain around my neck and I don't know. And then I don't even get the people who have ferrets. Ferrets are weird fucking animals, right? Don't they look like someone took like a brown sock and stuffed it full of magnetic balls and they're just bouncing around in different parts? You know what I mean? I didn't get out ferrets. They just bounce, bounce fucking weird. Anyways, um, having said that, why don't we move right into the fucking sponsors part of the episode, guys? My partners at portablepress.com. Uncle John's bathroom readers. And, uh, since I've been shitting on cats every day, uh, this, this week, just sort of, I've even actually started asking Uber passengers whether they have dogs or cats and you know, what's the difference between the two. I, I also like the idea that a, a dog, if you have like some people have a dog and a cat, like, what about me, Josh? I have a dog and a cat. It's like, great. You had a cat when you were a shittier person, right? Everybody, everybody grows and gets better. You know, you don't throw out the Kia in the driveway just because you got an Acura, right? You just have both. And then when you're doing something shittier, you use the shittier. I don't know. That That's the part where it gets lost for me. But the idea is there's nothing wrong with having the old car when you get a new car. You know, you got a new, better car, more comfortable. You like spending more time with it. You just keep the old car around, right? You made a commitment. You know, you got to just keep it until you find it dead in the driveway. Um, <laughs> All right. PortablePress.com, guys. This week, I'm reading from Uncle John's Legendary Lost Bathroom Reader. It's a collection of some of their earlier ones. And I decided to give, you know what, a little bit of, of proper attention to cats. So this week, I'm reading an article called Feline Facts. Cats are America's most popular pet. Ugh. That's why most relationships end in divorce, right? More cat people than dog people. You see what I'm saying? Oh, it all connects back. Here are six things you may not know about them. The inside poop. Nearly all domestic cats bury their feces, but in the wild, only timid cats do. Aggressive cats in the wild actually leave their droppings on tiny advertising hills that they create. This leads researchers to believe that domestic cats see themselves as submissive members of their human families and environments. Family flavor. Does your cat lick its fur clean after it's, after it rubs against you? That's its way of tasting you, uh, becoming familiar with the taste and scent of the people in its life. Can I say this too? A little piece of information about cats that you may not know is that, uh, when you die, if you die at home and you have a pet, um, it's been, it's been proven at least statistically that a dog will curl up beside you and like cry. It won't eat. It'll basically go into depression, um, because it loves you. Um, you die, your cats will eat you. Um, because they don't give a fuck about you because they're pieces of shit. Um, but it's true. So when it's like licking you, I'm not saying it's tasting you. It's like, oh, yum, yum. But you know how, like, you know, you wake up in the morning, if you have a cat and you're like, oh, my cat's always right in my face in the morning. Hello. It's like, it's just checking to see if it can eat you yet. Is dinner ready? No, nope, you're still alive. All right. Another day. Make me something else. Cat and mouse. And this is also what I was talking about. Why do cats play cat and mouse with their victims? Experts believe it's because they're not hungry. Yeah, no shit. They get fed at home. Wild cats who eat nothing but the food they catch rarely, if ever, play cat and mouse. Again, that's true because of the fact that cats are, are I, that's, I had a conversation with somebody. I'm sorry. I don't usually just start adding commentary to everything I read, but I had a conversation with, with someone saying that's one of the reasons I don't like cats. I love, I love all animals. I really do. I would never wish harm on an animal. I would never inflict harm on an animal, but one of the things I don't like about cats is the fact that they get fed at home. All right. They're not hungry. And then they will just go out in the yard and kill something, you know, murdering for the sake of murdering, but not, you're not hunger. Anyways, I'm, I'm, that's a, a personality trait of cats. I don't like, I can't think of a lot of animals in the wild that do that kill when they're not hungry, but cats do because they're pieces of garbage. 
domestic cats, anyways. Just the ones in your house, your little frou-frou cats that you think are the, the sweetest little things. Um, perfect. Do cats purr because they're happy? Probably not, researchers say. Uh, even dying cats and cats in pain purr. The researchers think a cat's purr is a sign that it is receptive to social interaction. So when you're petting and it's purring, it's like, yes, I will let you pet me. Permission granted. Permission granted. The better to see you with. Unlike human eyes, a cat's eyes have pupils that are shaped like vertical slits. The vertical slits work together with the horizontal slits of the cat's eyelids to give it greater control over how much light it allows in. And finally, whisked away. Because a cat's whiskers are sensitive to the slight air currents that form around solid objects, such as furniture and trees, they help it to see in the dark. This is especially helpful when the cat hunts at night. So there you go. There's some feline facts for you in the running feet at the bottom of this page. It says, Elvis Presley's favorite amusement park ride was the bumper cars. And that, guys, feline facts from my partners at PortablePress.com, Uncle John's Botroom Ritas. So check them out online. They have a ton of great books uh, coming up this week. Um, no, not coming up this week. Uh, Absolute Comedy, guys. Coming up this month, I will be at Absolute Comedy Kingston uh, headlining. Yeah, the 21st through the 24th. So if you want to see your boy, you're in the uh, the Kingston area or you feel like making the drive from Toronto to Ottawa, come see me talk about cats and dogs and online dating and all sorts of fun shit. Uh <laughs> From uh, the November 21st to the 24th at Absolute Comedy in Kingston. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. The sun gives life to the orchard. The orchard gives life to the apple. The apple gives life to Summersby. Summersby is a delicious sweet taste of sunshine imported across the ocean all the way from Denmark. The people in Denmark are smarter, and so are you if you drink Summersby. <laughs> With flavors like apple, blackberry, pear, elderflower lime, red rhubarb, and a taste as regal as this fake accent, there's something for everyone to enjoy. And now you can try them all in the Summersby Mixer Pack, available wherever fine beverages are sold. So go on and try for yourself the crisp, refreshing taste of Summersby. Ah, your taste buds deserve it. Please drink resplendently. Oh, and I is back, yo. Who did I forget, huh? Can you think of it? Can you think of it? You already know, and so do I. My partner's at DK, all right? Doring Kindersley, guys. This book I have been putting off, not because I didn't want to read it, but because I do, and it is so firkin' massive. I'm talking about art, the definitive visual guide, okay? This book, holy shit, is big. I'm going to just try to fucking lift it up. Ugh. It's massive. It's, it is a massive book and it is all things art. I got to just let you know that it has a 612 page count. Okay. So think of a war and peace. All right. But in the form of art, um, I have thoroughly enjoyed this book. I am, I, I, I haven't been able to just read pet cover to cover cause it's fucking huge. All right. What I have been doing is looking up a lot of the famous uh, paintings and pieces of art that I'm aware of and just learning about them. So um, there is a lot in this book. Um, and it's not just like a, a random encyclopedia where it's got things. This is a book that has um, a very structured and linear 
uh, look at art over the, over the course of history. Um, what was going on with the artist when he created the works very similar to writers, but, but again, just a massively larger scale. Um, the foreword by Ross King, he quotes George Brock, uh, George's Brock, who, who wrote art is meant to disturb because you see a lot of the art in this book where for the time, some of the things that were painted and sculpted and things like that were a little controversial. Um, so it was really, it's, it's a good way to look at art and they talk about how looking at art, there's a big section on looking at art where it, it lets you know, um, how art worked. That sounds sort of silly, but, um, there's a section on, on subject and composition that basically says like, when you look at a painting, older paintings, there was different, it's almost like cropping. They didn't crop the paintings, but what would happen is basically depending on the size of the actual portrait or whatever the, what is sculpture or whatever, it would, uh, dictate, um, the importance of the actual figure. So for example, they, they use size as a reference. Like they talk about how, um, I'm just going to read you this tiny, tiny little blurb here that they have. It says how big or small a portrait is depends on its purpose as well as, uh, practicalities in general, the larger the image, the more expensive the materials and, uh, materials are and the longer it takes the artist huge portraits create an impact by their sheer size alone and suggest that the subject is a god of noble birth prominent in society or wealthy small portraits tend to be more personal and intimate Ooh, i should have put that uh <laughs> i should have put that on fucking airplane mode that i always forget to do come on oh i forgot i gotta swipe down from the top now what the hell is going on ipad come on there we go. Airplane mode or, or no Wi-Fi. All right. Fuck me. So, um, do, 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 bop, squeep. So yeah, so they show uh, an example of the heads on Easter Island. So giant sized, averaging 36 feet high, about six times life size. This massive volcanic stone statues on, uh, Easter Island, Polynesia, maybe memorials to dead chiefs circa 1000 to 1600. And then of course there's a miniature here. So a small one says measuring a mere five, and three eighths by two and seven eighths inches. This portrait of an Elizabethan nobleman may have been intended as a love token. Young man among roses by Nicholas Hilliard circa 1587. So that was, that's not the only piece of information. They've actually got all sorts of compositions. So they've got portraits showing everything from like a bust, right? So to show the bust, everything above the waist, sometimes above the knees and how strategic it was and difficult for an artist to actually paint a portrait from the knees up and make it look intentional. Like it wasn't cropped. And then of course a full body. So showing the different scales, crops, views, they even have the multiple portrait and the relationships in them. So like you see these old paintings of like guys sitting around, um, what is it like a civic building, right? Like a meeting hall or, you know, like a Senate. I mean, obviously this predates a lot of senates and things like that, but you see them sitting around, um, historical paintings and things like that, all the layouts and, and how big the images and things like that all come into play, um, narratives, how, how art will show a narrative in it. Some of it. And a lot of these I'm referring to are paintings, of course. Um, but the, the, the beginning, um, is a lot of just educating you on, on art forms and stuff. And of course that there's things from ancient Egypt art, um, all over the world, Eastern civilizations, um, Greece. Um, I'm just reminding myself as going through, because this is a shitload of information. It gets 600 pages as always. This is not reading where it's just like, Hey, blah, 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 blah. There's visuals all over this book. Um, I, I read, um, I focused a lot on the ones that I know. So like Nighthawks, um, is in this and uh, Nighthawks, if you guys are not familiar with it, is an, a very old painting that, um, is basically some people in a diner after hours. And that, that, um, that Nighthawks painting has been called many times. Um, it's been redone with James Dean and Humphrey Bogart and Marilyn Monroe in the classic positions of the other people that are there. And they've called it the Boulevard of Broken Dreams. That's actually how I knew it. I didn't know that it was called Nighthawks originally. And I didn't realize that it had been done without those characters in it. So someone had basically, uh, the Boulevard of Broken Dreams is a knockoff, you know, uh, a celebrity version of, um, Nighthawks. So interesting to, to learn those things. I didn't know that before reading this book. Now I'm sure a lot of people did because it's a very classic picture. I had seen the version without them in it. I just thought that it was called the Boulevard of Broken Dreams and they had later put 
those celebrity faces on it. So um, that was interesting. I loved seeing and learning more about Salvatore Dali's, uh, Salvatore Dali's, sorry, I apologize, uh, clocks. I love that painting. That's the one with the, the, the melting clocks in it. Um, there's so many things in here, guys. Like I really, I mean, there's so much art I didn't, I didn't know about. Um, and it's really cool to see the different types of styles. Obviously there's a big section on, uh, you know, there's the starry night pick painting, very fam famous by Vincent van Gogh. Um, you can get more information on that. There's a lot of his works in here. As a matter of fact, there was actually a movie that came out um, that was done in the style of Van Gogh and it took them like they something like thousands of artists worked on it. Um, thousands of artists worked on it. Every scene in the movie is actually a painting. So the painting is moving. You see a train going through things, whatever, but um, all the frames are actual paintings as opposed to it just being like an artist, you know, computer generated style. It is, it is actually the all, every, every scene is painted. I really want to see that. I should, uh, I should Google that. You know what? I, I might do that a little bit later on the show if I feel the moxie, but every time I pull up the laptop, it seems to go crappy. Um, the picture in this, um, scream is in this, the scream by, uh, Edvard Munich. All right. So that picture of like the bald head with the hands in the face, that looks like an alien just sort of screaming. That's that, that famous piece of art is in here as well. I'm looking to see if there's any, of course, Mona Lisa is going to be in here as well. I looked at her earlier. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything that just really stands out. They've even got a lot of modern art. So, um, you'll see a lot of styles, uh, you know, the Elizabeth photo, photo painting Elizabeth the first by, uh, Armada portrait or sort of the Yamada portrait, English school. This portrait is a celebration of English sea power as well as an idealized image of the monarch. And so functions as propaganda on two levels. Ooh. So yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cool shit in here. Like I said, I, I did not read it cover to cover. There's, there's no fucking way I could have done that in a week, especially while sick. You've got a headache and you're trying to read, you can't do it. But um, this is a book that I really look for. I will sit and go through it and learn more. It, it, definitely gives you a great idea of art. And there's a lot of like, like modern art in it as well. Like there's, there's just old, you know, old pieces of metal from ships that people have reformed into art. So abstract art and things like that. They're all in here. The painting of the, the, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this one. I've, I have seen it before. <coughs> it's a Balthus painting where there's a guy in the ocean throwing fish up onto a plate of a cat with like a lobster. It's a goofy painting. But it's just, it's one of those odd ones that you'll see pop up during searches every now and again, soapstone carvings, all, all sorts of really things. Guys, it's a great fucking book. All right. You know, I love DK. I will say this last week was the first time that I was ever like, you know what? The, these, these be more Yoda, be more Vader's. I'm like, they're cutesy books. They're not, uh, you know, not my favorites, not anything I'd certainly be excited for truthfully, you know, but the amount of home runs that DK puts out. Um, you know, you're allowed to little stutter steps, right? Now the fucking Beatles have a couple songs that no one wants to listen to. Um, I will say this about the art book guys, or it's not the, sorry, it's not the art book. The art book is part of the, uh, big idea, simply explained series. This book is called art, the definitive visual guide. This is an absolute masterpiece of a book. Okay. So if you're ever with me, go, go feel, I mean, I'd love to show you my copy. If you're ever, if you're ever with me, if, uh, if you, if you happen to be in a bookstore, just pick it up and flip through a few pages. You'll be spellbound at how amazing this, this book is, how much you can learn from it. There's even like the twisted face picture from Amadeo. Uh, I'm going to say this probably wrong, but, um, Modigliani, um, this face it's called, uh, I think it's Jean Heburten, Heburten. Yeah. Um, he has a lot of, of, of art where it's like the oval faces. But if you, if you saw the movie, it, um, that painting that comes to life and scares the shit out of, uh, fuck, what was his name? Oh, I'm going to forget the, the character's name. doesn't matter. It wasn't, it wasn't Eddie. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Josh Stan, Stan is the one Stanley Uris. Ah, there you go. First and last name of the character, Stanley Uris, uh, the one that scares him with the fucking weird twisted face. This is basically the painting that has inspired that. No fucking doubt. Um, and it's called Jean Heburten. So, uh, feel free to take a look at that. It's creepy. It's fucking weird, but there's a lot of creepy fucking art. Um, yeah. So if you've seen it, odds are it's in this book guys. So, um, an absolute masterpiece art, the definitive visual guide by DK books. If you consider yourself cultured at all, um, and you're uh, you're a fan of reading, 
this book will fucking take you to the next level. It's like, it's like basically taking a, a wine tasting course for art. You know, it's, um, it's absolutely amazing. So I will leave it at that. I could go on forever about it, but, um, very, very rarely, if ever, have I ever called one of DK's books an absolute masterpiece. They're all amazing without question. They're absolutely amazing. This book is an absolute masterpiece. Um, and I'm, I'm thrilled to have it in my collection. So, uh, so thank you to all my sponsors, absolute comedy, uh, DK books, Summersby and portable press, excuse me, dot com. Now I'm, I don't know what I'm getting the medication burps coming up this week for me, a whole lot of Ubering, uh, Thursday and Saturday, I'll be doing some samplings and not canceling them this time. Um, I've got a big show coming up on Friday night, uh, for orchard view. It is a, uh, it is a special show, private, uh, you know, tickets bought. It's already sold out for, uh, for big, uh, you know, uh, uh, Ottawa South business associations, uh, dinner. I've done the show last year with Frank Spadone. Uh, they loved me so much. They thought they'd have me back and I helped them book some guys. So, uh, two, the two, um, in my opinion, uh, biggest headliners in my city, uh, Rick Curry and Jim McNally are also on that show with me. So uh, I'll be hosting. And then it's a fucking double bill headline with these two amazing fucking guys. Um, I, I cannot wait. I'm not even going to try to hold my own against these, these guys. I'm going to go out. I'm going to make them laugh. I'm going to warm them up. And that's my job. I just stir the soup, keep it from sticking. These guys are going to bring the fucking flavor. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to that show. Um, I'm doing a writing group on Sunday, so I'm inviting some newer comics again. I'm just trying to get my, <coughs> excuse me, trying to get my brain, uh, brain brewing up some new jokes. So even if I'm helping other comics work on their stuff, uh, that's what I'm going to be doing. And then, uh, and then next week it's just back to Ubering. Ooh, ambulances. Hope uh, everyone's okay. So you want to hear a weird story? My, um, my grandfather was, uh, was a police officer. And sometimes when, when things happen to people before the ambulances get there, sometimes cops would show up. So one time my, uh, and I've heard this story I heard the story as a kid. So who knows if my grandfather was a lying old fuck, but, uh, he told me a story when I was very, very young. So this is very pre family guy. Okay. So just so you know, he didn't get the idea from there. But, um, when I was very, when I was very young, probably a story you shouldn't tell a kid. He was talking about how he, uh, a guy was, was having sex with his girlfriend or whatever. And he got up to, uh, to close the window and it was like one of those old wooden framed windows. Like, you know, the ones that just sort of, for some reason they'll slide up and down, but they don't really change. You almost have to like angle them. So the went to, went to open the window or close the window and it slid down, slammed on his dick and, uh, and wouldn't open. So they had to call the paramedics. And so my, uh, my grandfather was a police officer showed up on the scene and, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, there's a story. I don't know why I felt the need to tell you that. Oh, because when the ambulances went by, I go, maybe, I hope everyone's okay. And maybe, maybe they're not rushing off to a scene and something stupid as a guy not thinking better tuck in my boner before I close this hair window. Right. There you go. That's a great last thing to, to say on the podcast shows. I'm running out of steam. All right, guys. Well, listen, I appreciate you listening. You know, I do. I love you very much. I'm getting a little bit better at social media. So feel free to follow me on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and you'll get, uh, you'll get a little more content every week. You'll get to see some of these things as they're happening right? Be able to enjoy my week's events right as they unfold. And then you get to hear about them on the podcast. Um, if you are listening to this on IT or, um, on Facebook or, or Twitter, somewhere where it's being run from the social media and you go, I'd love to listen to this, um, on my mobile device for absolutely nothing. Um, send me a message, subscribe on iTunes, uh, or the podcast app on Apple, go to Google play music. Um, and if you are already have them, guys, I've been asking you, I'm not seeing any new reviews, so I'd really like to get some from you if you can, um, just leave it a five-star review, five-star review and be like, Josh is great. And that's it. It helps the podcast get seen. The more it gets seen, the more people want to partner, uh, the more people want to partner, the less I have to Uber and get the shit scratched out of my doors. Huh? Huh? Look at it. it comes full circle and everybody wins. So, um, thank you for listening as always guys, no emails this week. So feel free to send me one for next week. Love to know what's going on with you guys. Contact at one man Um, would be great to hear from you, hear what's going on with you guys. You know, what's some, we're getting into the holiday season too. I know, no, I know remembrance day hasn't remembrance day. I always fucking worry that I'm saying it wrong. Cause I've started saying Novemberance day. Um, I know remembrance day hasn't happened yet. Um, for my international listeners, it's like a Memorial day here in Canada. Um, Christmas season's coming up. 
Is anybody excited for anything? Anything happening? Any big uh, holiday plans? You guys got anything fun going on that you can't wait to fucking do? Hmm? Any holiday ideas? Any gifts? Big uh, tech items or, or gift items that you're hoping maybe someone will uh, will pick up for you? Well, what better way to let Santa Claus know what you want for Christmas than to send me an email? And let me know what you're excited for. What y'all want for Christmas. All right? That's me, guys. That's me this week. I uh, appreciate you listening. Can't wait to talk to you again next week. Hopefully, I have a little bit more to report. Some fun shit. Some successes. Whatever the hell happens. I will let you know. So tune in. Thanks so much, guys. Cheers. Cheers.